1: Yep, this all new service hub from HubSpot brings customer service and support together in one simple but powerful platform so you can deliver the best experience possible. And of course, it's powered by AI, not Al, AI, meaning your team can automate those tedious tickets from people who've clearly not read your frequently asked questions. Pain in the backside, aren't they? Oh, and by the way, organisations using HubSpot Service Hub are resolving tickets 13 times faster, helping them to close 42% more tickets per day. That means increasing retention by more than 80%. Thank you, people at HubSpot who who did the maths on that one, because I wouldn't be able to.
0: I love a bit of data. Did you also know, Al, that it consolidates your entire internal knowledge base into one place? So no matter who is working on support, they'll have the answers at their fingertips.
1: I did know that because I wrote that for you you
0: well there you have it stand out from the crowd and migrate to hubspot service hub today
1: visit hubspot.com slash service and learn how this all-new solution can help you deliver for your customers
0: so not not calling it in necessarily just a case of just limiting your efforts to what you're contracted to do Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Truth, Lies and Workplace Culture podcast. We're here to help you as business leaders build teams that care as much about your business as you do. My name is Leanne.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, mouthful of water there. <laughs> My name's Al. Welcome back. So what do we how does what's the format of the of the podcast, Leah?
0: You tell me out.
1: So um basically Leanne's a business psychologist, has has got loads of letters after a name, lets you spend 15, 20 years in research and um also working in industry. Uh, I am not a business psychologist, I'm not an expert, but I'm here to ask the questions that you as a business leader, as an owner, as a manager might have to ensure that we give you the best information from the one of the best people to talk about it, which is my colleague here, Leanne. Hello. Um, so what are we talking about today, Leanne?
0: Well, today, I don't know about you, but everywhere I seem to look at the moment, whether it be on my LinkedIn or my newsfeed, quiet quitting seems to be the, the people and culture phrase of the moment.
1: Yeah, I've seen it a lot as well. And I don't know whether it's because because I've opened one article, then Google shows me more in my feed. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've just noticed it seems to be something that just over the last month, just suddenly, boom, everyone's talking about remote work before and now they're talking about quiet quitting. So what is quiet quitting?
0: So quiet quitting is a term I've not come across before until I'd heard it. It's it's something that from what I understand has been been coined by, by employees who are expressing how they feel about their work on social media. Um, and when I, I started reading about quiet quitting and what it is, my understanding is it's a conscious decision to invest less energy in work. So not not calling it in necessarily just a case of just limiting your efforts to what you're contracted to do so yeah just doing nothing more nothing less what they are employed to do um this might sound familiar to you it certainly did to me um what is basically being described there is disengagement or the the, the you know the the um, concept of employee engagement when employees are disengaged and that is what happens they're they're not going the extra mile they're not going above and beyond they're just doing what it is they're paid to do and then they're going home and I think what a couple of things struck me about this kind of the rise in the term and how much media attention it's getting I, I on one hand I guess I'm cool with it because it's like well you know at least now we've got a vocabulary that people are using for employee engagement if that increases understanding then fantastic But let's not pretend that this is new, okay? This has been around for decades. I mean, as a term, employee engagement, quiet quitting, it's the same thing. It was founded in the 1990s, but we can go back further than that. In terms of of actually understanding how... Um, behavior and efficiency at work works we can go right back to the early 1900s we can even then go to the 1920s hornthorn studies which you might have heard of which was a kind of the first um, battery of of research papers that really found that if you pay attention to workers if you listen to their needs and if you help them to be happy with their work and their employer then they're going to be more productive and contented. This is 1920s. We're 100 years on and we're still talking about the same thing. So with that, can we please not start kind of this whole scapegoating of it's the millennials, it's the Gen Zs, it's these are the people that are, you know, a, a kind of changing work in, in a way that isn't sustainable. It's like, well, actually, they're changing work in a way that is sustainable because finally there is either this quiet protest of quiet quitting, which is now being vocalized. It's happened for years, but it's now being vocalized and it is a problem. I mean, we know already three out of five people are disengaged. So three out of five people have been quietly quitting for years. And that cost us about £340 billion every year, which is why the government invested a huge amount of money in the McLeod report in 2008, which we've already talked about on employee engagement episodes. So let's not pretend this is new, but let's rejoice that we have a new word for it that seems to be a friendly vocabulary that people want to want to use to talk about employee engagement.
1: And it's alliterative, which tickles my uh, marketing tickle. <laughs> Quiet quitting. So, I mean... The boomers, and let's not label too much, but I'm, but tongue in cheek when I say the boomers are saying that Gen Zs are quite quitting. But actually, I know plenty of people who will be classed as boomers who spent the last five to eight years of their, of their job just phoning in, just coasting through because they're on the way to retirement. And so, I mean, it's not something that's, and I, we, I'm sure we've all had jobs where we just do the bare minimum and go, oh God, I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, well, it'll soon be over, et cetera, et cetera. So like you say, it's nothing brand new, is it?
0: It's really not brand new, and I think the thing as well is that, you know, we we look at kind of. I think what's interesting is is the arguments that are coming up in in the media, and I'd be interested to know your thoughts, Al. But I read a lot of the backlash, kind of being about people, kind of like, oh, this the hustle culture is being lost, and it's going to be bad for their careers, and you know, unless you work to a point of burnout, why even bother? And it's like, really, well.
1: I was reading something about how um, millennials, well, not necessarily millennials, but Gen Z are now, um, they are rebelling against the stuff their parents did. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, drinking is way down, like Gen Z, drinking levels, minuscule. But Mm -hmm. but smoking, smoking weed is way up, Mm -hmm. whereas their parents, which I suppose be yours and my generation, we spent the 90s drinking, but we never, re- but not many of us smoked. It wasn't really that kind of thing. Because so
0: more kind of the hippie era kind of... Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's more, so is it not just that we are always rebelling against our parents and doing the opposite of them? And our parents come from the hustle generation, the Gary V's of the world who 30 years ago, 25 years ago, were saying, you have to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week to achieve your dreams. Otherwise, you've wasted your life, which of course is an extreme way in one way, which I started to to um to subscribe to and then burnt out very early on and and now I'm kind of anti hustle. I don't really like that, but I I suppose that the the Gen Zs are now rebelling against the millennials and the people like me Gen Gen X. Am I Gen X? Uh, Gen X is
0: millennial. Gen Y.
1: I'm Gen Y. Mm-hmm. Who did subscribe to that?
0: And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's kind of you know why are people choosing to. Quiet quit. And I think it's always been around. This is this is disengagement. It's always been around. But in terms of why there might be a a bit of a a wave at the moment, or perhaps it's 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 more notable in in the current generations, the the gen um X and, and Z generations, I think I think there's a few reasons. I wonder whether it's actually just more publicize like rather than kind of we used to have in our early careers where we used to have conversations down the pub with our friends moaning about our our bosses and how we're just gonna you know do what we need to do until we get another job whereas now you know we'd express those thoughts and and emotions in the pub whereas now social media is where you express those thoughts and emotions so this is what's going around tiktok then yeah it is going to get picked up by the media and it is going to be sensationalized but i think you raised a really good point there as well that you know, the hustle generation, if we look at our parents, you know, what what was our experience as Gen Y, Gen Gen Z kids? You know, yes, we saw our parents working hard. We had incredible role models in terms of a good work ethic, but we also had absent parents. And we also had you know parents burning out and experiencing mental health troubles um you know physical health difficulties you know and I think there's just a shift of having seen and we know as well statistically you know the the physiological impacts of a high stress life increased heart disease, cancer rates there's so many different different things that it's not too surprising that. That the generations that have observed this as children are now starting to prioritize work-life work-life balance. And I think once you then lay over the pandemic on top of that, in terms of this kind of COP and COP ADM attitude and completely reimagining what work is and how it fits in with our lives, I don't think it's any real surprise that that this is now coming to the forefront of something that's really, really important and we have to, we have to manage. We actually finally have to address it and manage it.
1: I think it's interesting. I was reading about um, about Henry Ford, the you know the guy who started Ford Motor Company, and how he supposedly invented the eight-hour working day. Before that, it was usually a lot longer, and his his thinking behind it. Uh, wasn't oh we'll let people be more uh, be happier it was more like uh, we want them to have eight hours sleep eight hours work and then eight hours to go off and enjoy their life so they can buy a motor car and make the uh, and make the company even more money but we kind of feel like I feel like we're in that sort of era where we are redefining our work day and what if you can do the same job and do it in four hours in the day why
0: wouldn't you? Absolutely and I think that's what Kind of makes me smile about some of the backlash that's coming from either business leaders or career coaches or other professionals in in people and culture that are kind of really, you know, getting quite angry and heated about and jealous perhaps, maybe about, you know, this whole phenomenon of quiet, phenomenon of quiet quitting. And I think it's exactly that that it's you're assuming one that because one of the main arguments is that well quiet quitting isn't great in the long run because it's not going to be good for your career and it's not going to give you not having any meaning in your work means that you're going to find it even less fulfilling and your you know your well-being will continue to deteriorate that's absolutely true. But there's some sweeping generalizations there in terms of what people actually want from work. One, that they don't derive meaning from any other aspects of their life and they look to work as the only source of meaning. The reality is work might be just a transaction that someone has to do to get the, the money they need to live the lifestyle they want. But they're deriving their meaning from sources outside of work, whether that be volunteering, whether that be within, within their community, whether it be with their family you're making a massive assumption that people are deriving their their meaning from their work they might not be and i think secondly is that you know it's it's going to be worse for your career well two things to that are we saying that it's impossible to have a successful career unless you work to the point of burnout or are we saying that quiet quitting is going to be something that will will continue an individual will continue to do indefinitely let's not kid ourselves quiet quitting is just a hop skip and a jump from actually resigning right
1: Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think the what what's funny is that people of my age, when we first entered the workforce, um, then really. So, this so time, what well, I'm 45, so I had my first job at sort of 1920. So, 25 years ago, then work kind of was the main thing in your life because you had your friends and your socializing, you had your hobbies and and other bits and pieces, but work was where you got external. Um, what's the word? Recognition.
0: Validation. Validation.
1: External recognition and validation for effort. Whereas now, there are so many people who are streaming, who are gamers and stream it, um, who have little mini publishing empires at 19 years old, because they've got podcasts, they've got YouTube channels, they're getting external validation from other means. Mm -hmm. And so, so no longer does work provide the only external validation that they might
0: need completely and i think as well that's a thing isn't it if if you're in a in a work environment that isn't giving you that that validation it isn't giving that to you it's not incentivizing you it's not recognizing your efforts it's not nurturing your abilities then it's not worth the hustle it's not validating i'm looking for it to be validating and it's not so therefore why why put in more effort when i'm not getting recognized anyway and i think the real kind of Kind of I think what's that word? Hypocrisy, thank you, about it all, is that if you are a business owner, I guarantee I guarantee that 99% of you started your business because you were disengaged in your current work, <laughs> because you wanted to have more control, you wanted to have be able to be more creative, do work with more meaning, with more purpose, you wanted to be recognized for for you know for having this business it, you were disengaged at some point you quiet quit and started a business i am quickly interrupting this phenomenal podcast to recommend another phenomenal podcast nudge we love nudge hosted by phil agnew a true gent Anyway, listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yep, definitely, definitely. So let me ask you then, so before I ask you how we know it's happening, then have we covered off all the reasons why an employee might choose to quiet quit?
0: I think so. Yeah, I think it is one, assuming that that work holds more meaning and two, assuming that that businesses are providing that meaning you know if somebody isn't connected to the the mission the values they're not inspired by their leaders then they are going to disconnect from the organization
1: definitely so we're going to ask you um, how do I know it's happening how do I stop it from happening and how to prevent it from happening in the future so let's start with how do I know it's happening as a business leader or manager
0: I think it's going to be really clear just within your how your business is currently performing i mean there's some really telltale signs if you have a high turnover rate you know before people left they've probably gone through a good few months of quiet quitting or being disengaged uh people being off sick burnout um presenteeism even so that's where people actually come into work when they're sick or when they're ill um because they, you know, they they don't feel it, they have a, an option not to. Um, a lack of energy in work, so people not engaging if in meetings or having their cameras switched off on Zoom. Um, if high, if your high workloads have been high um, for a, a long while, more than six months, uh, then chances are you've got some people in there that are, are quiet quitting. Um, and I think as well, if you if you're looking at like kind of your teams and you're missing that. The ideas bouncing around, used to have the knowledge sharing, the innovation. Um, that's probably a, a sign of it as well. Any kind of friction between team members, uh, whether it be peers or with um, with managers and their reports. Um, and yeah, you're 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 seeing in terms of your your commercial outcomes lower productivity, so a higher a higher cost per head than. Um, than what you're, you're used to in terms of re- revenue generation um, and lower levels of profitability. All of those things in any combination could be a sign of um, employee disengagement or quiet quitting.
1: Hmm. Okay, okay. So let's say that I have seen some of those signs and I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure that two or three of the people on my team, they are doing this quiet quitting. How am I going to stop it from happening?
0: I think the first thing that you need to really consider as a business leader is your role in in your employees wanting to quiet quit um and you're really taking control and accountability for engagement within your organization engagement isn't mythical it isn't it isn't a buzzword like quiet quitting it's been around for a long while it's tangible it's measurable um and when it is measured it means it can be monitored and it can be improved and Employing, investing in employee engagement will reduce quiet quitting whatever that is. And it is going to have direct and positive impacts on your business's performance. I think ultimately the first thing that that you need to do is to fully understand the extent of quiet quitting or disengagement within your organization as it currently stands. And that, as you all know already, you need to run a full engagement audit, including a survey to gain the insights um, of what how your employees are currently thinking and feeling about work. Um, what that's also going to do as well is actually drill down into the areas that aren't working. Why are people choosing to quiet quit? Is it because of their managers? Is it because they don't have a clear connection and meaning to the work that they're currently undertaking? Are the workloads too high? Um, you know, there's, there's a whole host of reasons it could be. Um, and you need to understand exactly where the issue is to then be able to fix it to to mitigate quiet quitting within your organization
1: yeah absolutely and I think the I think the main thing you've mentioned there was that having a real reason to go into work and if your work isn't meaningful, then surely you're just at some point either going to quiet quit or actually quit if you don't feel your work's meaningful and and even if you can't like let's say you have a young family and you have to earn this money, you're not going to be the same as someone who wakes up and goes into work an hour early because they've had a great idea they want to implement. You know, so I think that the actual recognition, sorry, the reason behind why you're going to work probably is key here, is it?
0: Yeah. And I think I think it, it really is the starting point of everything. You know, why why do people get out of bed and go to work for you rather than somebody else? Um, you need to, you know, people need to have that that reason. And I think there's a few different um things you can do to to kind of improve reason or or create reason within your organization um, and as i said i 'd always start with a with a survey and actually understanding it straight up. But if you want to start to just just kind of navigate the waters and see what you can do, then reason is a good place to start. you know Are you providing that? that clear that energetic leadership do people have a vision do they have goals to strive to as an organization and then taking that a step further and understanding the individual role of 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 each employee in delivering that mission and contributing to the success of the organization and then I think finally is looking at, you know, the, the values of your organization. Values should be lived and breathed. They're not just on the wall. Um, so how are you actually bringing those values to life? And how are you enabling people to connect with those values to this feeling of, of a greater good? Um, so I'm not just coming to work to pay my bills. I'm coming to work to contribute to something bigger than me.
1: So what else can, can business owners and managers do?
0: I think the other thing to, to look at, as we've said, you know, once people have um, the reason to go to work, they need to understand um, how they contribute to it. But more so than that, do they have the freedom, um, you know, to to interpret their work and to apply their strengths do they know that they are safe in their role do they feel trusted to deliver including in a remote environment and i think finally actually you know when when you've got that that reason you go to work you understand what your individual role is in it they're making sure that employees are, are recognized for that and that's not just about you know good pay, benefits, um, or giving praise, giving feedback. It's also about enabling people to have a voice. If people are currently quiet quitting in your organization, the most powerful thing you could do as a leader is give those employees a voice. Ask them, why do you feel like this? Why are you quiet quitting? What can we do as a business to to transform this and reconnect you with your work and with the organization
1: brilliant brilliant so anything else we need to know about how to stop it from happening
0: I think that the often a mistake that businesses make is they'll do one or two engagement surveys and then they'll just stop because they think oh you know now people know that we we care and the reality is you need to keep running those not only for your people but for you as a business owner you need these insights to be able to understand where to invest in people and culture so it's going to have a commercial a positive commercial impact on your business run that survey every 12 months also recommend that you do a pulse check every six months by pulse check i mean a condensed version of your annual survey that really is targeting the areas that you were um, you've invested in to try and improve just to make sure that those those investments are actually paying off brilliant Um, And then I think finally, it's just, um, you know, track these engagement scores against your commercial performance. If employee engagement and the work you're putting into it is working and quiet quitting is being eradicated, then you should see your return on investment in terms of happier customers, higher revenue, higher productivity and higher profitability.
1: So you should now have an idea of um, what quiet quitting is, why employees might choose to quiet quit. And you'll also know how it's happening and how you can stop it from happening both now and in the future. Is there anything else you think that will be important for our listeners to know?
0: I think it's just to remember this isn't a new thing. This has been around for a long time. We have a new term for it. Cool. Um, and really ultimately step up take accountability if quiet quitting is happening in your business if those signs are there that they are then do something about it get the insights give your employees a voice and put quiet quitting to bed for good
1: brilliant bravo Okay. So if you've got any questions about this, any thoughts, any feedback, or even you've got an idea for a guest on the future um, episode, email podcast at oblonghq.com. Uh, there'll be some notes as well, some show notes, giving you some more links. If you want to know more about employee engagement um, and how you could potentially work with Leanne, who is an expert in employee engagement, uh, then go to oblonghq.com and there's more information there. So shall we see everyone next time?
0: Yep. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.